Welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. My name is Carl Valeri, and we're going to answer your listener mail from our contact page at aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. Specifically, we're going to talk about if you should build pilot-in-command single-engine turbine or multi-engine time second-in-command. But before we begin, a couple announcements. First of all, uh, we're changing our feed in iTunes, so make sure you sign up for all the different social media that we have so that you get all the posts as far as the newest episodes. The easiest thing that you can do, obviously, is sign up for our newsletter, but follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. We're everywhere out there, and of course, on the YouTube channel. And if you have questions, uh, of course, you can ask us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and also aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact, and, uh, and then on the YouTube channel. So just want to give you a, a heads up there in case you don't start getting some of the updates. We've had to do a, a couple of technical moves on the podcast and move our feed. So I just want to make that announcement real quickly. Uh, and also, if you're looking for that free scholarships guide, go to aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward. That's the way you can find out about that. But anyway, let's get started. We have a lot of listener mail here, especially that one that uh, we talk about, about get building a PIC single engine or turbine, uh, as I see, multi-engine. But first, a couple other uh, things came in here. Uh, first, uh, from the contact page again, uh, the first question is, I'm 60 and want to know how fast I can go from having no pilot license to flying a private light jet. Maybe a coaching session for advice on how to do it would be perfect. Thank you. Well, first of all, yes, you can do that. Uh, just remember that, uh, of course, there's going to be some challenges. You're towards the end of your career. Uh, so, uh, But, you, you know, obviously you can fly forever after that. There are some uh, limitations in some uh, places as far as insurance is concerned. So just take that into consideration. So, uh, but... You can do it. It uh, doesn't. It, it doesn't take that long, depending on how fast uh, you are as a learner. So give yourself six months to a year. Get your licenses. Uh, then you're gonna have to get out there and get someone to hire you. And uh, right now, a lot of the insurance is gonna want you to have your ATP. So you're still gonna have to build those hours up to 1,500 hours uh, for some of those light jet operators. Not all of them. And of course, you can build into that network by uh, going out to the airport and get to know people. But uh, find out more on our coaching page, aviationcareerspodcast.com/coaching. As far as being able to help you move forward in your career at 60 and at career 2.0. It's something we do specialize in, and we have numerous people starting off uh, at your age uh, in a second career. Many of them want to teach, and that's something I, I really highly recommend if someone has a lot of experience uh, teaching. But if you want to fly a, a light jet, it can be done. So moving on to question number two, it says, Hello, I'm a recent college graduate in civil engineering, considering a career change to become a pilot. I've listened to your podcast and appreciate all the tips and information you provide. I've been working my engineering job for almost a year, and I'm considering whether committing to an accelerated flight school like ATP or a light local flight school is right for me. Time and money are large components of what I decide. What are your thoughts and what advice would you share in a situation like this? Thank you. So that's a great question. It's something that depends on you. There's a lot more to think about here, and that's, again, why you want to talk to somebody, a counselor or a career coach like we do, is because of the fact that you need to figure out in your life uh, what your financial situation is, et cetera. So, for instance, say you have a lot of money saved up and the money situation is going to be an issue. So you can go right ahead and go into an accelerated program like you talked about ATP. There's a lot of other ones out there, but they're, they're the biggest out there. Uh, the local flight school thing is great if you live in a good environment, say uh, that environment being, you know, 
like here in Florida, I'm in Florida right now. And uh, that's actually something that to think about is because if you're in the Northeast, if you're in uh, certain other parts of the country where they actually have weather uh, and snow and it gets cold and you can't fly the airplanes, then that can be an issue. I have a lot of clients that wind up starting in the Northeast, get their private uh, starting up anywhere where their weather is bad. I shouldn't say the Northeast. I just happened to be talking to someone in the Northeast before this. Uh, but one of the things you need to do is look at the fact that you need to see if you're going to be able to consistently fly fly to build uh, your time and your ratings. So it is possible. I would look at if you do have the ability to drive to one of these programs that is accelerated. Yeah, I would do that. Also think about this. You're working right now. Uh, so you might want to think about continuing working in that job if you make really good money. If not, then yeah, the jump is something that you should think about. The other part of that equation is financing. And, uh, and again, that's something that you want to sit down and strategize. So as far as thoughts, as far as which one's better, it all depends on your situation. Uh, if if there was no money and no time constraint, of course, it'd be better to just go to an accelerated school, get all your ratings done, just like we do at the airlines. You know, I teach on the Airbus A320 at the airlines, and we concentrate on their training. And they're there every single day, and we get it done a lot quicker that way. So, of course, concentrated training is the best way to go. But if you can't do it, you can't do it. Uh, might want to do a hybrid approach. Think about that. Get your private, then move into one of those programs. So think about that. Great question, though. I really enjoyed uh, that question. So, so uh, think about that. If you want to get uh, some more information, just uh, reach out to me at uh, aviationcouragepodcast.com slash coaching or click on the coaching uh, icon on the, uh, let's say it's on the right side of the screen. So here comes number, question number three real quickly. It says, uh, 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 this question comes in and says, how does one get a scholarships guide? Uh, that's real simple. And I think maybe the question was, how does one get one for free? Uh, well, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash scholarships is one way uh, to find out more about those scholarships. It's only $10 and it's uh, updated every year. And again, this is 2024 as far as the pricing is concerned. Uh, but if you want to get one of those for free, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash pay it forward, you can learn how you can get one of those uh, scholarships guides for free if that's what you're really asking for. So that's, uh, that's pretty much the, the easiest way to do that. So uh, anyway, again, that's from the contact page. Moving on to the next question. It says, hi, I'm looking for information on scholarships to start pilot lessons. Thank you for your consideration. So that's actually getting a little bit more uh, nuanced as far as what type of scholarships we have. There's lots of them out there for people that are starting out in their ratings. Everybody thinks that those scholarships are only available to people that are, are new to aviation, that are younger. That's not true. There's scholarships for everybody and every type of person. So I really encourage you to go out there and find those out there. Uh, one of the things that I would also encourage is the fact that the the scholarships, uh, a lot of times people give up and in these directories where you just do a search online, one of the reasons we do an extensive list is so that you just can keep flipping through, flipping through. And that is my suggestion to you. And that comes from the people that have the biggest scholarship guide out there. The reason they print it is because many of these online searches, you won't get all the scholarships that are available. So flip through them and look at them. You'll find one out there. It could be it could be an organization that has to do with your church, has to do with a civic organization, the government, etc. You never know what you might find. AviationCareersPodcast.com slash scholarships. So let's move on to the next question, which is actually uh, the, the main question for today. It's, uh, it's a really great question, and uh, I'm really excited to answer this. It says, uh, I am currently flying a Cessna Grand Caravan as an aerial survey pilot. Consequently, I'm logging turbine PIC. The hours I fly are typically 90% day VFR. This is a part 91 operation. However, I have the bowl rolling on a position as SIC for a King Air operator, 
the operation is a 135 medevac operation. He goes on to say they have King Air 90s, 200s, 300s, 350s. By the way, I absolutely love King Airs. What a wonderful airplane they are. Uh, so really think it's a good idea to take a look at that and, uh, and, and think about that as SIC in that type of operation because 135 is real good experience. But let's continue with the question. The schedule with the medevac operation is much better than my current schedule, but the pay is a bit worse. Fair trade in my opinion. I'm still a time builder. About 540 hours right now to my restricted ATP. About 490 to my 135 PIC minimums. Uh, and those minimums, are, people that don't know, you can look that up on the, in the ATP minimums and also the Part 135 minimums. Um, and you can go that in the FARs to look that up. I have a link uh, to all the recommended reading, and you can find that in there. He continues. My two- to four-year goal is to fly for NetJets or a Florida-based low-cost carrier, as I'd like to be Florida-based for the long term. My question is, should I build turbine PIC single-engine versus turbine SIC multi-engine? Do hiring managers at big companies like I listed care about something like this? I've been told in the past that having the most multi-time possible is a good thing. Currently, I meet the ATP multi-engine and PIC requirements. I do need the night instrument hours, which I believe I would log a lot of if I go to the King Air position. Thanks for reading my email. I've been a longtime listener of the podcast. This podcast is the reason that I attended Polk State College. You may remember me from being around the office a couple of years ago. And uh, hope you still have the picture of Lindbergh in your office. By the way, an aside, I usually don't give away the uh, uh, people that write in. I'm not going to tell you their name. Obviously, I, I have the picture over here as, as far as, uh, now I'm going to give away, of Charles Lindbergh. I people that come in my office, I ask them to identify this picture. And the picture actually is somebody who looks like a politician. Well, a lot of people don't realize that Charles Lindbergh got into politics later in life. And he's actually, he's got a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a, a hat that he's wearing. And most people don't see Charles Lindbergh with a hat on, so that kind of throws him off. But he's a real tall fellow, uh, and uh, and my uh, Mike's family actually uh, knew him from years and years ago. Uh, so that's uh, that is still there, by the way. I still have the picture of Charles Lindbergh in the office when he was doing uh, the politics thing. Uh, but getting to your question, as far as Pilot Command single engine and turbine SIC multi, there's a little more nuance to this question. I, I want to add one more thing, is that. You also mentioned that the pilot and command time single engine was VFR 90% of the time. The SIC multi-engine is going to be in an environment of 135, operating within a different environment, both through a 135 operation and also in the IFR system consistently working with controllers, getting your clearances and that type of thing under very stressful situations. That type of time, that multi-engine time that you talked about, that medevac time in general, is a better fit towards the airlines. If I'm just looking at it from my viewpoint as somebody who's recruiting you, uh, it's a better fit because you're in an operation where you're gonna be doing uh, flying IFR, you're gonna be getting clearances, and you're going to be in a much more, uh, you know, controlled environment and an environment that is more like the airlines. Not exactly, but more like the airlines, a 135. Uh, so I would say, yes, that would be better. But to go back to your question, I think the, the real question at first, and, and we have to include both of these things, the VFR flying and the IFR flying, is should I get multi-engine time as opposed to single-engine time? Does multi-engine time look better? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, multi-engine time is better than you know pilot and command time, obviously, on a, a single engine. Uh, and does this really matter? Uh, it usually matters only when the environment 
gets a little bit more restrictive as far as hiring it, more competitive as far as hiring. So if I have two people and one has a thousand hours of multi-engine, one has a thousand hours single engine, I'm probably going to look at the person with the multi-engine time, especially operating in that 135 environment medevac and the turbine, uh, twin turbines. So twin turbine, you have you know a lot of different systems. I know you have certain systems in the single engine too. So in my opinion, and just looking at your situation, of course, we can talk more offline through our coaching, but it's something that I really think you should look at is the, the SIC turbine. I know it's going to pay less, but it's also going to be more similar to the operating environment in the airlines. Plus the other thing you mentioned, because there's a lot to this question, not just a simple multi and single engine. You also talked about night and cross country. You're going to be getting that uh, doing medevac and that type of thing. So please do me a favor, reach out to somebody who uh, like myself, who does coaching and, and also look at your situation, add up your hours and think about that. Think about the type of time you're getting. Um, the only other caveat I would have is to look at the whole life situation. If this multi-engine time is somewhere very far away and, uh, and you have a great situation where you are here, you have to look at that too. So this is the reason we, it's very nuanced as far as the answer is concerned. It's very specific to your, to your actual situation. But it's a great question. And if it was, it was just simply this, if you just simply asked, should I build single engine PIC or multi-engine SIC? I'd say, yes, go for the multi-engine SIC again, since you said you had the hours for both for the ATP. And uh, so I would definitely get more in that specific environment. Uh, as far as hiring managers, it doesn't matter right now. But again, things are slowing down in the hiring environment. Here we're in uh, January of uh, twenty. 24. You don't know what it'll be later on. So I hope that was helpful. If you have questions just like these, aviationcareerspodcast.com slash contact. And, uh, and also do me a favor. Like I said, we're changing the feed. It's a little technical part of it. If anybody's into podcasting, we're get, going away from feed burner. I'm one of the last people been using that. So if you're one of those podcast geeks uh, like me, you might find that interesting. But you can find us uh, where most people find us is on Facebook uh, at Aviation Careers Podcast on Twitter, which is X now at flying careers on twitter and we'll have links by the way in the show notes it's also on our website also on instagram we just started a new page uh aviation careers podcast it just has our last two posts on there there's not much out there but i'm starting to do some inspirational posts there too and also especially on youtube uh we have that at aviation careers podcast you can find us there and make sure you sign up for all those because in this process i don't want you to lose out any of this uh this free uh, information that we have here and again if you have questions about something, I, I remove all the information about yourself on there. If you notice, I've uh, some of those people I've written in, I've changed some of the things they've said to take away the personal information that they had given me. And uh, and then write in. I'll answer their question one of two ways. I'm either going to write you directly if it's something very specific, or if it's something that's going to help everybody else that's listening or watching right now, I'm going to put it right here in the podcast because then it'll it'll help other people that are listening. By the way, we are we've gotten a lot kind of behind a little bit on questions. This is May of 2023's questions I'm on right now. I'm catching up because I have a new person on board doing a great job. Rick Felty, you might know him from the Stuck Mike Avcast. Uh, we got that band back together again. Uh, that's the general aviation podcast about learning to fly, living to fly, and loving to fly. I really would encourage you to go check that out. Also, come see me. I'm going to be at, and the crew actually, from Stuck Mike Avcast and Aviation Careers Podcast at Sun and Fun and uh, flysnf.org. We're going to be in Hangar A. Uh, booth 41 and I would love 
love to say hi to you. Get your picture in front of the banner. Uh, you may even get a chance to look at uh, the, uh, the the crystal ball. I have my crystal ball this time. If you're wondering, for those watching on YouTube, I have uh, two different studios. One that's over at uh, Elevate, which is a business and transportation incubator. And this is one in the old Piper building. I still call it the old Piper building. Uh, and uh, I love being in here because of the fact that I uh, this is where I started for me as an instructor. I got my instructor license here in, in 1999. But one thing I'd like you to do is, through all these questions, go back, look at them, read them, is um, don't stop. Make sure you keep moving forward. Make sure you take a step every single day and do something. It could be really small. It could be just looking something up, reading one of these books that I have here that's in my recommended reading list, going out, getting the scholarships guide, and looking up scholarships that might help you move forward in your career. And also, make sure that you console with people that would actually help you people that would help you in your career person like myself who's a career coach but make sure you do something for me take one step every day to move forward in your career and in your life well we'll talk to you next episode safe flying out there